every goddamn time. Well, again, because I wanted the spirits to be known, but hello to all the spirits out there. Yes, hello. Those flickering their lights in our studio. Yes, I, I counted down, and right when I got to one, before I hit record, we had a light flash very brightly, which is bizarre. I think if any movie out of the week that they would have watched with you, the spirits... Videodrome? It would have been Videodrome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, yellow, and welcome to... New day, new movie. Where we watched 365 movies. In 365 days. I'm Mitch. I'm Scott. And it's week 37. Yes, it is. Welcome to week 37, what I believe is our shortest week yet. Yeah, we do have... 10 hours and 37 minutes in total. That's an average of 90 minutes per movie. I I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think we both needed a little break, uh, and I think this helped personally. What do you think, Mitch? Uh, I mean, it's not really a break because we're still watching seven well, movies. Well, obviously, but, but it's a break of... Uh, it's like one less movie almost, right? Yeah, you know, just about. If we're floating around that 12-hour range, that's an hour and a half to two hours that we didn't have to watch this week. So it felt like one less movie, but we still had seven, seven and it was nice. It, was it a did. Good, I, I think it helped. It, it helped me. Good refresher to... Morale is high here today. To push through <laughs> these last 15 weeks. <laughs> Yes, only 15 weeks left. I know, it's going quick. It's amazing. It is, and soon I'll be able to watch TV again. Yeah, <laughs> or do one movie else. a week <laughs> <laughs> for enjoyment instead of for, you know, job. But anyway, do you have any news, Mitch? What's in the news? All right, I do have news. I have it written different, but I, I want to leave my, my best news for last. So I'm going to start with my, my first news. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dune Part 2 pushed their release back one month to November 17th, 2023. Oh. So we have a date. Uh, it's it's a coming, baby. Next year, November. So excited. Dune Part 2. Super pumped. That's going to be awesome. My other bit of news. One of my favorite movies of all time is getting a sequel. Trailer dropped this week. They already made a jingle all the way to... Uh, nope. <laughs> but folks, if you have not seen it yet, Hocus Pocus 2 is oh, coming God, no. this September. Are you And serious? we're going to watch it on this podcast. Oh, fuck. I'm Hocus Pocus so two. freaking excited, dude. How do you make a 2? That was 20 years ago. I know. No. But to tell that you... That was 30... No. What? Yeah, we're 30. 93. That yeah. was 30 years ago. 93. <laughs> Good Lord. But to tell you my love of Hocus Pocus, uh, I think it was my 11th birthday, but I, I asked for the Blu-ray of that movie. My birthday is in July. So that's just to, go to show you how much I love Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super pumped for Hocus Pocus 2. It comes out the last day of September, so we can watch it every single day of October if we want. We if won't. We, if we want. <laughs> we won't. Which, I, I might. <laughs> I might just double up on the movies. Dude, that, that's, that was two weeks. That's kind of weird to think, right? We're 28 now, mm-hmm. and this movie came out almost 30 years ago, and for your 11th birthday, you asked for the Blu-ray, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure DVDs weren't even like a thought at the time that this movie came out. No. And that was only 11 years later. Shit moves fast. Technology moves hella <laughs> we've, fast. We've dude. been through uh we've been through a lot of technological advancements in our time. I know. We saw all of Internet Explorer, we saw VHS come and go, DVDs come and go, probably even Blu-rays come and go. We didn't see VHS come. VHS was around for a while. It might have been. <laughs> I I just remember awakening to <laughs> A room full of VHS movies. <laughs> the previous day they weren't there, but the next day they were. <laughs> what about you, Scott? You got any news? Uh, I do not have any news other than it is 4th of July weekend, and this will be a week ahead, but happy belated Independence Day to our U.S. listeners. Hope you see some badass fireworks. Except there's like fire bands all over the place you said that but we're having a lone tree firework show that oh. they haven't said anything about, well that's good so I don't castle know pines decided to castle pines do a drone show so well, i i'm kind of excited to see it good for them drone show will be sick remember you know technology advancing right yeah drones weren't yeah, a thing fireworks. just a few years 
I don't know, man. I love the smell. You can't you can't beat the smell of fireworks. Maybe we'll just get some incense that smell like fireworks. Firework then, incense. And then have that thing? with our drone show. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was the new new No air horn here because I couldn't in good conscience cover up whatever the hell that was. So moving into the movies of the week. Scott, what did we watch this week for week 37? On Monday, we watched The Card Counter. On Tuesday, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. On Wednesday, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Nice. On uh, Thursday, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, Videodrome. On Friday, We Own the Night. On Saturday, District B13. And on Sunday, Charlie Chaplin's The Circus. Wow. It's quite the week. And that, that those seven movies average out to 90 minutes a pop, folks. So if Yeah, looking... average out. But I think the card counter and We Own the Night were both two hours. So Yeah. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of... The, the other movies made up for <laughs> yeah. an entire hour. <laughs> Less. Oh. But speaking of the card counter, uh, we watched that on Monday. That was one of my picks. Redemption is the lawn game in Paul Schrader's The Card Counter. Told with Schrader's trademark cinematic intensity, the revenge thriller tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghosts of his past. So I got super excited when this movie started up because I thought it was a Martin Scorsese film. And then like, I realized his name was only on it because he was an executive producer. He's a producer. And mm-hmm. when I say like on it, they it was like the first four minutes of the movie, his name was just like plastered across the screen so i really yeah like in the opening credit sequence oh i didn't notice and then it wasn't much into the film that i realized it wasn't a source ac film and i don't know i i I wish this would have been a little bit better to be honest with you really yeah really and i think i i i feel that way because it seemed as though it was like two different movies just kind of like two different storylines that they they had maybe some ideas for, but couldn't come up with a full story. So they're like, "Yeah, hey, let's mash this shit together," and now we have a movie. And that's just kind of how I felt. Hmm, I didn't quite feel that way. I really I enjoyed this. You enjoyed um, this movie? I I think I was expecting like a twenty one, the Kevin Spacey movie from a while back. Yeah. Um, and I liked the fact that it wasn't just like it was. This movie wasn't really about cards. It wasn't really about the gambling. It wasn't really... That was like a vessel for delivering the rest of the story. It yep. was just kind of something that was going on in the background, and it was kind of a means to have these people connect. And But it wasn't about gambling. It wasn't about... Like, this movie being called The Card Counter is kind of misdirection, almost. Um, and that's I kind think. of... Yeah, where I felt I was misled, because obviously the title of the film i think even the trailer tends to lead more towards the gambling side and more of like he's a card shark and you know there's i i don't know i don't think i saw the trailer it didn't have the same tone as the rest of the film and that's why i I said it it seemed like there was just a secondary storyline in there i got you uh that just didn't quite make sense i guess if you were wanting that if you were looking for that then i could see how this was a bit of a disappointment i was almost pleasantly surprised from the opposite um, yeah, side from, of things. Yeah, from it kind of diverging my expectations. Because um, that's what I thought it was going to be, and I thought it was going to be about that, and then it kind of took a took a weird turn. A- and one thing I think I really enjoyed about this is, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you can speak to it at all, but I thought the suspense in this movie was handled surprisingly well for how little was going on. Like I felt, I felt very kind of on the edge of my seat, wondering where this was going to go and how it was. It was another one of those where it's kind of like, how is this going to blow up? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to be the big? Is it going to be something to do with the gambling? Is it going to be something to do with the kid? Is it going to be, you know, like it, it seemed it's like it had a lot of options yeah. to kind of. And so as soon as, as soon as he tells, he makes the deal with the kid to go see his mom. My first thought, I was like, where is this going to go? The kid's going to go to Willem Dafoe's house and try and do it himself because he's not helping him or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of predictable in that sense by the end, but everything leading up to that, and I also wasn't 100% on if that was going to happen. That was just my kind of like, uh, that maybe that's going to happen. 
Um, so I thought, I thought that was notable. I mean, there's not a whole lot of movies that have me kind of notice that I'm on the edge of my seat during the movie. And I thought it was handled well in this movie. I, yeah. I think that's interesting that you say that just in the sense of, and you kind of mentioned it, but it didn't seem like a lot really did happen in this movie. No, it was kind of it was a definitely slow, but it, I mean, it didn't feel slow to me, but if you actually explained in detail to someone the events of this movie it's really not a whole lot it's just kind of dragged out there's more conversation there's more yeah i think that's probably what led to maybe some of the suspense is at least one of the things i did enjoy about it is i felt they built up their characters pretty well in this Mm -hmm. and i think the diversity of the two storylines even though like i felt like they were kind of thrown together it was a good back and forth between the two that kind of lets you try to start figuring out, you know, lend you to believe what was going to happen that's in terms of the poker side of things, what's going to happen with him and Kirk and their relationship. You know, we introduced all sorts of conflict. We had some weird like torture scene early on in the film that you're like, what the fuck was that about? Mm -hmm. Which that's kind of lingering in the back of your mind as to say like, Oh, how how does that all play into things? Was, you know, Oscar Isaac's character, you know, was he being tortured or was he somebody who was doing the torturing and, you know, it But yeah, it made me guess a little bit. I guess though, I don't know. I'm I think that's why I'm kind of on the fence about this is cuz like we we said, you know, not a lot happened, so I'm trying to think of some of the the standout moments in this film, like thinking back, and maybe it's just because, you know, we watched all these other movies and you know, there's more notable things from those movies than are in this film. It just initially when watching this, I just, I wasn't super impressed with kind of what I saw and maybe <laughs> it just because it was the slower burn. And I, I saw where the two storylines kind of intertwined, but it wasn't enough for me to validate having both of them in the film. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we've talked about how, how misleading trailers can be. Yep. Um, even in the opposite direction, like Lightyear last week, mm-hmm. talking about how I thought that was a classic case of the trailer making it look worse than it w- really was, yeah. even. Um, so, I mean, if you had the expectation from, I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't know what it was, but if it did set up something like a 21, where it's kind of a, a you know gambling thriller, not this, which is totally different, much darker, much, yeah. then I, I could see being like, ah, what the hell was that? I wanted some, I wanted some blackjack. And maybe that just goes down to my own, you know, maybe this is the world trying to tell me I, I don't need to watch trailers, you know, because I did so, <laughs> you, I did so you good win, for man. so many weeks of not watching trailers. And you then, watch a trailer, it misleads you, you don't like the movie, you don't watch a trailer, you got no idea what the fuck the movie is. <laughs> you can't win, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure it out someday, but well, <laughs> it wasn't this week. <laughs> well, what would you rate this movie? I, I have to stick with my gut on this, and I know it's my own film, and I hate to tank my own score because I know you're going to give me a one, <laughs> so I appreciate that. But I, I got to go a zero on this for my own sake just because – and I guess, it, I, I guess I will blame it on the trailer a little bit of just – you know, fucking trailers. giving me expectations of something that I was thinking I was going to get and then not getting that at all. And that was kind of a letdown. So sure. Yeah. I'm going to give you a one. Well, I, I like the start. Uh, yeah. Then. I enjoyed this. So, so moving into Tuesday, Alfred Hitchcock's rope. Rope. Two men attempt to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death. Dude. I have basically one Hitchcock movie per week lined up for the rest of our 15 weeks. (laughs) These movies are just incredible. They're so enjoyable to watch. They're so engaging. They're so interesting. And we've yet to watch one that I haven't loved. Like, these intimate settings are great. I love the whole movies just in, like, this penthouse, Mm -hmm. right? And the fact that it seems like it's made to be all one shot kind of thing. Yeah. I thought was incredible. So I actually looked up. So a film reel at the time, I don't know if you looked any of this up, but a film reel at the time could only hold about 10 minutes of film. Mm-hmm. So there were there were cuts that I did, I never saw. I even went back to like rewatch to sections see to see them. if I could find them. Yeah. There's there's very obvious ones. 
Yeah, every like, time every they time zoom in in the back of the say they pan into the back of the the blazer. That's definitely a cut. I saw a few when I was watching, and it's also just I guess my eyes just more trained to kind of see a couple of those things. Mm-hmm. And it was the slightest shift of like yeah, I saw one just like a character moving in the set or the frame because essentially as soon as they ran out of film. Everyone's like, okay, we got to pause on set. Nobody moved from where you're at. And then we picked right back up from where we were. And if anybody just had that slight, subtle movement. Yeah, it's going to change. Every it would so be slightly. captured. But no, they did a really good job hiding the transitions in this. Yeah, it was incredible. So this, uh, this was, from what I saw, was apparently about 10 reels. Okay. That makes They use about 10 reels ranging from like four to 10 minutes. So these, these takes were still all upwards of 10 minutes for the most part. So from an acting standpoint, you may say, well, theater, mm-hmm. they do that, right? Yeah. So fine. That's fine. But from a filming standpoint, like you said, transitioning in, in cuts at the time was, you know, and framing and lighting and angles and movement in the scene and following from room to room kind of thing and doing all of that continuously. There's no quick adjustments. No, you know, I, that's, that seems really cool to me. No, it was really cool. And I think you have a little bit more sway when you do like the pan or the dolly shot into the back of the blazer, uh, just because of that can totally reset a scene. Yeah. Because you're going straight to black and coming back out and you can, you know, set your characters wherever you need to give them a break. Mm -hmm. But when you have those like 10 minute long shots where everybody has to be on their A game, the entirety of, of the shot. There can't be any hiccups. There can't be any mistakes. There can't be fumbling over lines. Like it puts a lot of pressure on the actors oh, yeah. to really do yeah, well. Sure. But also you're working for someone like Alfred Hitchcock. So of course you're going to just, and a lot of those people I think had pretty standing relationships with, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. He, mm. They appear in, you know, a lot of his films frequently. So they probably know the expectation that he sets. And obviously they're all, they're all bangers, you know? Yeah. They, I mean, you got to think too, from a, the, the the production side of things, right? The business side of things is if these are all upwards of 10 minute scenes, mm-hmm. right? If you fuck something up and you have to restart and you're on minute nine, yep. that's a huge reset, right? That's that's a ton of, of, of the movie need to be reshot. So like just on that, in that sense. But I did read too, I don't know if you saw the IMDb trivia. I did not look into the trivia on this. No, I just happened to be scrolling. I saw the trivia because apparently because the filming times were so long, everyone on set obviously tried to make, uh, tried to avoid making any mistakes, right? Yep. Um, So apparently at one point, a camera dolly ran over and broke a cameraman's foot and they gagged him and dragged him off set. (laughs) (laughs) So he wouldn't interrupt. There was another one. I I didn't write this one down, but there was another one about a glass falling and one of the like stage hands or whatever one of the one of the other guys off off camera dove and caught it so it didn't like shatter or whatever <laughs> and wow yeah. so that dude's pretty crazy metal pretty crazy yeah i mean there's really not too much to get into around alfred hitchcock movies because I, I like i said i probably said it before but i i don't believe he has a bad movie i I think every single time we throw one of his films on, we're just still going to be astounded with what we're watching. Every time. I mean, it's just like his movies just exude excellence. They're all dialogue driven. Uh, The conflict is built up so well. We talked about in the last movie how suspense is really good. Like Alfred Hitchcock can build suspense like a motherfucker, you know? And, you know, this entire dinner party is like happening right after these two guys kill one of their friends and stuff him in a dresser, essentially, yeah. that they end up eating dinner yeah, over the top of. dinner off of. <laughs> like, and then, you know, everybody's in the room around this situation, and you just are like, is somebody going to slip up? Like, how is everything going to unfold? Is somebody going to end up looking in there? And, like, it's just, it's it's crazy to see, and it's quirky, the relationships between the characters are always so fun. The dialogue's written so well because there's nothing flashy about what's happening. Like this had a little bit more flash with like the the one shot, like the continuous shot. Yeah, yeah, right? it had a gimmick to it, I suppose. But it wasn't like it still, you know, put the pressure on the actors to really act. And, yeah, it wasn't you know, in your face about it where it's like this is the the one thing going for this movie. Yeah, look how innovative this is or whatever, right? Like. 
we didn't, the movie was fucking good too. We don't have regardless to, of if it was all one shot. Yeah, we don't have to do these close ups on things to make you like acknowledge what's happening. Like we just let the audience figure those things out for themselves. I thought this was kind of funny, and I have no proof of this at all. This is just my thoughts, but I think this might be the first movie to ever mention a purge. Oh yeah, and it, and I I I really <laughs> want to know if this was the inspiration behind the first. There's got to be something. I mean, they're, I... they're discussing like murder and like who has the right to live and die, and then they like get to the concept of just like, well, let's just have a week free from consequences where everybody can just fucking kill each other. <laughs> like, let's just yeah, a, a week long kill sesh. And they mentioned that in this movie, <laughs> yeah. like just around dinner talk, and we're making people thing. uncomfortable. I was like, That's where the purge came from. That's what I thought. I was God, like, <laughs> shitty ass movies. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock created the purge. What the fuck? <laughs> Again, I have no proof of what I just yeah, said. Yeah, well, I don't know where that came. That may have been a concept before that too. I mean, when we get to talk about video drum later, we'll talk about how you know a lot of ideas from some of these movies you can really dive into mm-hmm. and go down rabbit holes of like shit that I just didn't even know was a thing. And so who knows if that was actually, you know, it could have been some philosopher earlier on. It, <laughs> it just been, happened yeah. to whoever inspired that. But, but yes, that's the earliest mention of a purge that, that I think both of us have ever, ever seen. Yeah. I just, I, it, it made me laugh a little bit because yeah. we watched the forever purge a few <laughs> months back and I was like, if that's what stemmed from this, oh God! But how far we've fallen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'm gonna repeat that phrase later this week. <laughs> okay, but uh, we'll get there. Um, so obviously ones. Yeah, I I don't see myself ever not giving an Alfred Hitchcock movie a one. Obviously, we're going to watch at least one for the next 15 weeks, it almost seems like. so. Yeah, hey, if you were to throw one on for your side, too, go for it. <laughs> I I'll might, watch two in a week. I might be surprised, <laughs> but uh, I really doubt I will. He, he just has such a way with film that I, I haven't really seen any other director ever be able to capture. So, yeah, definitely a one for me. It's very enjoyable. Um, absolute one for me as well. Moving into Wednesday. Uh, definitely a transition yeah <laughs> from rope to beavis and butthead do the universe after a creative judge sentences them to space camp a black hole sends our adolescent heroes 24 years into the modern future where the duo mi- misuse iphones embarked on a quest to score and becomes targets of the deep state so yeah beavis and butthead are added again and honestly dude their humor still hits I was I was laughing my ass off. Really? This movie. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, like, are you a Beavis and Butthead fan? Have you seen? Did you watch the show? Have you seen the other movies? Uh, I've watched a couple of their seasons of the show back long time ago. Just as a kid, you know, throwing stuff on MTV, whatever. I'd watch some Beavis and Butthead, and I don't think I quite understood the humor when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, probably not. It's like early, but South I, Park I remember. Days. Yeah, I remember the characters fairly well. I, I mean, this is really what it boils down to. This is childish high school humor. Most most of the jokes are like dick jokes, uh, yeah, connotations all, of the word. It's all sex. Uh, jokes. Everything's around getting laid. I mean, it's two guys. Two two kids and they're just trying to score, right? Yeah. That's 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 like what it boils down shtick. to. And so I've never really, uh, beyond references, like I'm familiar with Beavis and Butthead, obviously, yeah. and I know certain references, but I've never really watched the show or any of the movies, so I really wasn't sure what to expect from this, and it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Okay, to be fair, um, I really wasn't expecting much. I think because I when I said this was a movie, I think Jess was like, "Yeah, no, fuck that. You're watching that yourself." <laughs> and then my dad heard, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm passing on that one too." <laughs> so I was like, "All right, cool." Um, <laughs> but uh, I think in the first twenty minutes or so, they were obnoxious. Like I felt anger and hatred towards them and you for choosing <laughs> this, and I was not happy. But. Like I said, around 20-minute mark, maybe-ish, something changed. I started to kind of go along with it. And honestly, by the end of this, I, I think I was enjoying myself. I, I have no I have no hate left in me. I have no anger. I feel none of that. And uh, 
it's not like a laugh out loud funny to me though. Like I, I don't think I ever physically or like, you know, like (laughs) audibly laughed. Right. But, (laughs) but I mean like, you know, maybe crack a smile every now and then (laughs) or something. But I, so I do think this now being a few days since we've watched it, I think this is going to be for me, one of those movies where we, we we have like Tropic Thunder and, you know, we have those movies where the first time we watched it, we were like, that's fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. That was dumb as shit. What a waste of time. Right. And then we find ourselves quoting it and quoting it. And then we're like, fuck, that's funny. Let's watch it again. We watch it again and we like it a little bit. And then it like over time. I feel like I'm going to quote this inadvertently, right? Without even acknowledging <laughs> and, that you and, are, yeah. Yeah, and then at some point I'm going to be like, you know what, I actually, that, that's a pretty solid, I enjoyed that. So, kudos. Kudos to Beavis and Butthead. There's some funny shit. Like, <laughs> it it's really just kind of turn your mind off humor. It is. It's absolutely stupid. You, you really like, just, and I, I mean, I worked with high schoolers, so I mean, this is right <laughs> up my alley of just like... <laughs> kids have a different sense of humor and i know that when we were in high school we were probably just as obnoxious and you know had our stupid lingo and humor and shit i don't know if we were constantly talking about sex and (laughs) shit like that but it's over the top but i think once i think you you put it perfectly like once you just are willing to accept what the humor is you can have a good time but you can sit there and be angry and upset and maybe it's the one joke that just like cracks that smile or gets you to like laugh a little bit and then it's like the floodgates are open and you're just gonna take it for what it is and enjoy it i i really think somewhere around when she knocks him into space maybe i think (laughs) is when i started transitioning into like all right let's watch this (laughs) because like the whole I mean, you go through the whole, the, the whole fucking, I was trying to explain what happened Yeah, to my dad. Cause he yeah. asked, he was like, oh, you watched, how was it? Whatever. <laughs> like, just in conversation. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to go through the plot and I'm just like, wow, this is the dumbest fucking <laughs> shit. But you would see like you're laughing. You yeah. have to laugh when you say it. Cause you're like, my God, what is happening? They get sent to space camp. <laughs> And they're so obsessed with the docking mechanism of the <laughs> because it's it's like a penis going into a vagina, haha! Like so stupid, right? That they that NASA's like, hey, it's a good PR thing. Let's throw them in. And the the woman head astronaut goes to them and says, hey, do you want to do that with me in space? And these dumbasses are like. We're gonna score in space. All right, <laughs> like that's the fuck. That's the, how the whole movie that's kicks the off. The premise, yeah. <laughs> they're chasing, getting laid the entire they, movie. She gets mad, kills them because they ruin the whole mission, and then they go into a black hole, and then they come back <laughs> twenty whatever, twenty eight years later, <laughs> and they think they're still gonna score with her, and she thinks they're back to try and kill her, and the FBI thinks they're aliens, and they're after. It's just a, it's just shit show. <laughs> oh man so from what i've heard this movie was uh actually made to kick off the new season of beavis and butthead oh really is it um, gonna be like modern then it's i think so kick, like it, pick up or the movie i believe so so i think there's interesting so, uh at least this is from what i read but the new season i think comes out in like a month but okay this was kind of like Hey everybody! Remember Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, well, we We're have this coming movie back, and like I think everybody's. You want I was gonna say everybody's on this movie kick. Like Bob's Burger had their movie. Uh, I, I just feel like there's a lot of revitalized shows, like adult animation. Yeah, movies that are starting to come out. But no, I I enjoyed I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, no, the white kidding. privilege section, dude. Oh fuck, man! And <laughs> me fucking dying. That was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn something to come out. <laughs> the fuck out the way this is mine we have white privilege <laughs> sorry you probably didn't know we didn't know until <laughs> 10 minutes ago either the cops come up and they're like oh i guess they're uneducated they don't know about our privilege <laughs> oh my god dude was... the whole him with siri thing I, like beavis with siri was great oh okay <laughs> the <Come back>. with <laughs> the 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 People, all the like fish out of water, new technology stuff I thought was, I think maybe that's what kind of won me over too. 
because it's kind of funny where they're like he hands him the phone to take the picture of the family and they're like yeah. oh they're on tv yeah, they're, they're just on. watching this little tv <laughs> and keep backing up and fall over the pier they're just like laughing <laughs> like they're watching tv <laughs> that's what they do that's pretty good. They, they, see what i mean like the more TV. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of their gig is it no uh well, I'm glad it came around on you. I was a little worried from how you were initially talking about it to like, because I nope, it won I, me over. I, I I was laughing my ass off. I enjoyed this quite a bit, and it I think, like you off. said, this is definitely something uh, I'll be quoting for sure. Yeah, probably. Uh, one out of one for me on Beavis and Butthead. It won me over, and so it gets a one. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, moving into Thursday. Yeah, we have a lot of change of pace this week. We do have a... It was a very up and down week, wasn't it? (laughs) Moving into Thursday, Videodrome. A programmer at a TV station that specializes in adult entertainment searches for the producers of a dangerous and bizarre broadcast. That is an awful description, however true it is. Yeah, this... But it really doesn't reveal much, which is probably good. So I really like Cronenberg. Yeah, this is screams David Cronenberg. This is this is a David Cronenberg film to through and the through. letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just batshit insane ideas brought to life to the best of his ability. So much to talk about all the time. I feel like with with his stuff, stuff to research after. So this is what mm-hmm. I was saying earlier about having like diving into. So in this movie. Dr. Oblivion is based on Marshall McLuhan, who was a Canadian mm-hmm. philosopher and a big part of media theory, which it, it, I started reading way too much about what the hell that is and <laughs> Cronenberg's ideas on that and, and the whole inspiration. And like, that's above our pay grade to discuss on this podcast at the moment. But like for a movie to make you want to or like stumble upon ideas or topics that you weren't aware of before and and be interested in them i think is great that's great to me that's like that's an effective movie that's a yeah it got you interested I liked it so much to... i kept going after i kept you know mm-hmm. and this is definitely a movie that i could see us grabbing a case of beer watching three or four times maybe maybe more and doing an entire episode because just one viewing, I, I do not think is sufficient. It was a lot to take in. Obviously, this is just from initial viewing of the film. But now that I've seen at least three of his films, I think all of them live in the same universe. They feel that way a little bit, don't like, they? I, like, they just, there's ties to all of them from scanners to this, crimes of... Did the, you notice some references in this one? Which references are you So when we to? talked about Crimes of the Future, remember, originally it was his student film or something, right? Yeah. Or he did a short a long time ago. It was one of his first movies where he's had that idea. So in the scene, the first scene where he goes into the like homeless shelter where they're showing all that they have their cubbies and they're showing all the videos. Yep. He walks up on a guy watching a little TV screen. And he kind of turns and like gives him a yeah. weird Did smile. Did you see what was on the screen though? I was trying to. I couldn't. Was that his original Crimes of the Future it's film? It's the zipper. Ah. What was on the screen was organs. It was a stomach opened up with the zipper contraption from Crimes of the it Future. It looks a little bit. That's yeah. what was like. So I don't know if that was actually like footage from, or if he, you know, it was his like original, playing yeah. his original Crimes of the Future. But I thought that was cool. Where there's like, th- there's little details that are references to other of his movies. Kind of like other the, the Pixar ideas. universe. They yeah. have little uh, exactly, but uh, Easter really eggs of their other movies. In. <laughs> <laughs> Not fun and light. <laughs> so I mean, quote of the movie: "Death to Videodrome, long live the new flesh." Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. <laughs> but, dude, I'm really... I, I'm good, like, seeing people put their hands in other people's stomachs for, like, a few weeks, if, <laughs> if that's okay with you. Like, we had Crimes of the Future, we had Videodrome, and don't it's forget everyone's favorite, Ambulance. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm just Did like... you have your hand inside me? Boy, you have way in there. <laughs> or whatever the fuck she says. Oh, I'm just like... Yeah, man. I don't know if... Like... I don't, I don't know how body horror, man. Yeah, we we've, we've grouped all of them to just past few weeks. I've just been seeing this weird obsession of putting your hands inside someone's somebody's stomach, abdominal cavity. <laughs> At least in this one, when the dude's hand went in 
to put the weird like he's putting a tape in yeah the flesh eating vhs tape yeah they like ripped his fucking hand off and he was like he had a nub and he was running around and then he just blew up it was it was a grenade that's what it was oh that's that's why he blew up i was like i had no idea why he blew up and that's one of those things of like the three or four oh a hand grenade (laughs) (laughs) god damn genius genius I was going to say, like, that's why you said, like, three or four watches of the case of beer. Yeah. You're you going to pick you new need, shit up every single time. I feel like you need multiple sets of eyes, multiple different people with different perspectives. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you have to. And you share all that, and you just need to watch this, like, over and over again. I almost watched it again immediately after. If it wasn't late and I wasn't ready for bed, I might have started <laughs> it over. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's a weird dude. Yeah. I, I like his style. I like kind of the messages that he's he talks about in a weird gory like it's like nobody else does that though no. right like yeah, it's, it's original. pushing boundaries but it's it's not in like a super like i don't know i guess i mean it is ridiculous and it is i was just gonna say it's not in like a like a way over the top super disgusting like you think of something like human centipede or something right where it's yeah. just like disturbing and whatever to be this is like yeah still enjoyable to watch and crazy wacko bizarre kind of stuff and it's but it's so creative how it's done and i love like coming off of crimes of the future watching this now just seeing and then having had scanners which was before this Mm -hmm. like the technology you know the advancements in in special effects and seeing what he can bring to life with what he has available to him like the limitations of of that technology of the time and yeah but he still sticks to like crimes of the future was still a lot of practical practical effects, effects exactly yeah and i just i love that i feel like they're so like the, the, all the ideas they're so weird cool ideas and they're presented so creatively that it's just great i say i think that's definitely the highlight of the film were the practical effects they're just so f- fucking cool i think like uh when barry convex dies because uh james woods shoots him with the gun and then he just starts like yeah all his like stuff pushing out pushing out and his head like physically like expands and explodes like it's so cool of just like thinking about how much work had to go into like creating that shot and then it's you might only get it for one take so it's like all right this is gonna make or break our film right now if we don't get this shot and not saying that it wouldn't, but that if like, that's uh, your big have. climatic. I mean, like, you think about you're destroying this like model thing you've made, whatever. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you have limited quantity of that, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, after one viewing, I I, I like the film. I did. I just don't really fathom what I watch still. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I'm glad you brought up. I'm like, on board too. I mean, there's a lot that I just haven't had time to, or that I, I want to watch again to kind of. You know, yeah, work through mentally. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I was, uh, Kristen watched part of this with me. Oh, God. And she heard James Woods and she's like, I know that guy. I'm like, she's like, what is he from? I was like, you're never going to guess it, but he's Hades and Hercules. She's like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. She was trying to like figure out like yeah, from, how from she his knew his face, but it was actually his voice that she was recognizing, not him as an actor. But I think our minds play weird tricks on us to yeah. be like, oh, how do I know that guy? It's, uh, well, that's, that's Hades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is a role far from a Disney movie. <laughs> Very far. No, I'd like to sit down, I think. Uh, I. I would be interested to even like have like Steven's thoughts on this film. <laughs> like you said, Steven, if you're interested, different perspectives, yeah. you know, and just, uh, just things different people pick up for all of us to try to figure it out together. Cause there was, there's a lot going on. I'm still, I wish I could say I processed more. I just, I, I haven't had time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we jumped right back into three other movies before we talk about it now. So we say it time and again, but it's hard to, uh, it's hard to process these like deeper ones sometimes, especially jumping into other movies. And like I said, I I would watch this multiple times. Mm-hmm, me too, because I think so, I would pick something up different every single yeah, time I watched absolutely. it. I might notice like a callback to previous in the film that had a payoff or something like that. Just 
because this is a pretty short film, so it moves pretty fast mm-hmm. through the content, through the through the plot. And... It is almost like a snowball effect too, where it it like I feel like it starts out a little slower, and then just once it gets going, it just doesn't stop getting faster and faster. And then you're done. You're like, oh, what the fuck did I just watch? That's awesome. Yeah, and like <laughs> in the midst middle of it, there was some explaining that kind of had to be done, so anybody could figure out like what the fuck was going on which i actually appreciated i don't necessarily like it sometimes that films have to explain it Stop but and explain. i was a little lost so i'm glad that they're like all right children sit down i'm gonna tell you a story of videodrome and tell you what the fuck you're watching and i was like oh okay cool i needed that you don't know what was hallucination or what was reality or we we have no idea whole thing could have been a hallucination yeah what if we didn't even watch the movie what if we just like we thought we put a movie on and it was just like a blank screen for 80 however are many we gonna minutes grow a tumor now or the tumor's already been grown I, I think this was a good watch this close after crimes of the future too because there's a lot of overlapping ideas i think yeah like, I, like the, this... the growing of the the extra organs and yep. the you know evolution of humanity kind of thing and the you know there was some some interesting crossover yeah and that's why i kind of led with you know everything like it seems like this all plays in the same universe mm-hmm. almost just because there are similarities with like you know the growing of organs and uh the zippers and mm-hmm. i like just have this weird obsession with my stomach being a portal to something you know i don't know whatever this is whatever's the new sex then the surgery is the new sex well this is the new flesh is the new sex and yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we'll have to watch all of Cronenberg's movies now so we can see what other crossover universe stuff they have. Yeah. You okay with that? <laughs> I just said, I just need a, I need, a I need a few weeks so that I don't have we to have like... We have one Cronenberg movie every week for the rest of... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now we know Scott's picks for the rest of <laughs> the series. He's going to have I one have... Cronenberg, one Alfred Hitchcock, and... A wild card. Sick. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Well, I give this a one. I would also give this a one. I liked it more like Crimes of the Future. I thought it was much better than Scanners. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would give it a one. I think just with me having to watch it a few times to even try to understand more of what I saw, that, that makes it worthy enough. So moving into Friday, We Own the Night. A New York City nightclub manager tries to save his brother and father from the Russian mafia hitmen. Oh, that's it? <laughs> These are really short, dude. We used to have novels. We used to read books to everyone. <laughs> Each movie. Solid movie. This was a really good movie with a pretty beefy cast. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, Eva Mendez, Robert Duvall. I mean, it was. Uh, it's hard to go wrong when you have some all-stars on the screen. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do bad. No. Right? <laughs> At the very least, they phone it in, and it's still like, yeah, they're... Yeah, that's it was decent. Them, whatever. Yeah, cool. But, uh, but no, this was good. I, I mean, I like I like Joaquin Phoenix. He's been a favorite of mine for a long time. I'm trying to think of what movie. I know my sister was, like, loved. Do you remember, like, Ladder 49 or something? Well, I, I do. It's the, the I first remember. movie to make me cry. Yeah, I Coda being the second. <laughs> loving that movie, and we watched it so many times. But other movies around that, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is in a lot, and he's great in pretty much everything I've seen him in. So I think he does a really good job in all of his roles. I think he's very believable, you know? Like, I think he, he yeah, channels a, a good, he's a good... He's a good actor. Is yeah. Kind of yeah, what you're yeah, boiling pretty it much. down to. I mean, it is. He does his job really true. well. He does his job, <laughs> and he does it well. Yeah, this, this movie was... Like we already kind of mentioned, was was really good. It's just I think this is a harder one to kind of talk about. I I don't really even know why. Like it, it had a, a good storyline to it. The it's characters, fairly straightforward. The characters were written really well. I thought this was another movie this week that had some pretty good suspense. Yeah. Uh, just kind of keeping you on your toes as to like what was going to happen. Because uh, I had my own ideas to where the, the movie was going to go. And then I was pleasantly surprised when it didn't go to those places. Like it kept me on the edge of my seat a little bit as to like, okay, what's going to happen now? Holy shit, we shot Mark Wahlberg in the face. Like I never saw that shit coming. Which, by the way, like four or six months or something goes by, he's like 
fine. He's got like pink yeah. eye when you see him next, and then like the next time you see him, he's just fine. He's just got a next car. I don't know, man. That was a little far fetched for my taste. Yeah, I, I get it. And <laughs> as a nitpick, I'm just kidding. And <laughs> I enjoyed the I, movie. I think we could nitpick any movie if we really wanted to. Sure. And that was one of my gripes is I I felt some of the scenes were rushed. Um, I think just to get through the entirety of the story, you kind of had to tell it at a little bit faster space, like pace. Yeah. There are some weird transitions in this film, and I don't know if that's just of the time of it being like early, you know, like mid two thousands. You yeah, know, when was this? I think it's two thousand seven, it right? Yeah, and then it was two thousand seven. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just like that era of film that they had these like really drawn out cross dissolves or like the the scene would Fades just like to black feed just the, in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was almost like, and I wonder, do you remember what we watched this on? Because you know what it felt like to me at times. And I, I, funnily enough, my dad's seen this movie a ton of times. Um, and it's because it played on TV a lot mm. a while back. And I remember this movie. I remember him watching it a bunch. Like, I remember it was always on. And that's how I felt some of these transitions were, is they, they lead really well into commercials. Okay, that would make a lot of sense then. So I think this may not have been like, either it wasn't the original edit or their intention for this movie was, this is going to be a good movie that who we're going to market it to is going to be, you know. Watching this with a commercial break. Television after, whatever, yeah. Because I was going to say, that was my other thing was you had these long cross dissolves or you had these like, it felt out of place, fade to blacks. Which yeah. typically you would use it to like conclude a scene and yeah. open up commercial a new scene. Break. Yeah, and that would be... <laughs> A really good opportunity to, all right, we're ending this scene now. When we come back, we're going to open from a new location or a new character or mm -hmm. something like that. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So, I mean, I don't know what, like I said, I'd be interested to see if there's an actual cut of this that isn't like the original theatrical release or something. Maybe doesn't have that blacks. stuff. But because this is Hulu, you said, right? So maybe even Hulu uses it to their own well, that's advantage, what I'm wondering. right? With Hulu with ads. I don't know if they, I don't know how automated that whole system is, if they even control that to that extent. But, uh, but I mean, well, I mean, television too, even, I don't know if there's some kind of like time period or, I don't know. It's interesting how that would all work. That'd be something I would be interested to look up, but, uh, I don't know right now, but I'm wondering because Hulu pulls a lot of their content is television stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if the stuff that they, you know, just have uploaded is, is television formatted, right? Yeah. I so. think that would be a really cool thing to kind of look into because if that is the case, I mean, could you imagine if all of Hulu's like selections just came from like, all right, what was on TV that had a good place for an ad placement? Well, if you think about it, that's what a lot of Hulu content, like they pull television shows from networks, right? They have deals for that. I'm sure they have deals for those networks have the licensing for this content. Does FX Hulu have their own... Net like streaming FX service? has it's not their own streaming service. You can stream directly from FX. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have to have because this seems like a movie that would play on FX. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I had in mind when I was thinking of all this. Of yeah. like, this seems like a movie that would be on TV that would yeah. cut to commercial kind of here, mm -hmm. here, whatever. Um, and I know FX and Hulu have the big partnership now that it would make sense if this was. I bet we could go on uh, FX FX movies or whatever or FXX. Whatever the, the like movie particular channel, if they're streaming, I bet this and we is could on there. Yeah. See, we own the night, yeah. But outside of all of that, yeah, big and tangent, I guess. But I just yeah, kind of stuff. back to the film. <laughs> uh, I like the darker, grittier tone of the film. Uh, kind of like a neo noir style crime yeah, it detective. Yeah, did have that kind of you know detective feel. Some fatalism, and you know, we have cops who don't play by the law. We have essentially an, like mobster turned cop because his yeah, family he kind of, he's know. kind of teetering the line and it's kind of a the whole movie's kind of a well not the whole movie but the, the whole first act at least is which way is he going to lean because that's kind of what they're setting up and then but no i just like I, becoming a cop i like the like the consequences for actions you know the no one's safe. Like, there's no plot armor with any of these characters that we. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. They Mark killed Wahlberg, off Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> they could have, but it would have made more how sense. How hard would it be to market mark it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that zing. 
Like, all right, we Shut have this up. big name actor. We're going to kill <laughs> well, him off other in the big first name 20 too. minutes. But if you kill him off, then it makes more sense. He's got two reasons to kind of I mean, they did become kill a cop Robert again Duvall. and take over. And then they also have Mark Wahlberg, like, become a big old bitch because of, like, PTSD shit at the end. Yeah. Right? Which, you know. But that's to, I think, lend to, like, his, like, because he, he was following his father's footsteps in the law and then... You know, he has that traumatic experience, so it's kind of showing, like, you know, that's not the path for him, whereas, like, oh, kind of the, the underdog, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, who never was about that lifestyle, did his own thing, which Walks Mark Walker into the wheat fields with a shotgun and yeah. comes out. <laughs> and then ends up, walk in, you know, actually following, you know, I don't know. It, it was good. It was a good film. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. I gave it a one. I would also give it a one. Two ones for We Own the Night. So, moving into Saturday. District B13. In the ghettos. In the ghetto. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. <laughs> Just hit it. In the ghetto. On the cold and gray Chicago moon. Another little baby child is born in the ghetto. In the ghetto. <laughs> in the ghettos of Paris in 2010, an undercover cop and an ex-thug try to infiltrate a gang in order to defuse a neutron bomb. What'd you think of this? All right. So it wasn't what I was expecting because <laughs> when I think District, I think like District 9 or Hunger Games, you know. Um, and I was like, I don't remember District B13 uh, with Katniss and shit, but uh, but all, catnip. <laughs> all jokes aside, I, I really did like this movie quite a bit. That's awesome. So, I'm going to be honest. I was looking through our movie list. I was looking for something. I wanted an action movie to throw in. This was the last movie of my picks. I'm like, I just want a mindless action movie. I wasn't finding anything that piqued my interest. So, I Googled something like 90-minute action movie. Solid. (laughs) (laughs) This was on the list, and I saw Luke Besson's name attached to it and thought, let's go. So... I don't know that this is exactly what I wanted, <laughs> but I think I had a good ass time watching it. Yeah. I mean, it has a pretty decent premise. Uh, you kind of have this district that's walled off from the rest of the world. There's a bunch of like drug violence and other it's shit. Like the slums, the ghetto, but like yeah. they wall it off to not deal with it the outside, you know? Yeah. Yet they're funding it incredibly just to maintain their wall and to keep them away from the rest of paris and france and all of that uh but you have like these super flashy like fast and the furious cars well i was gonna say you have some this is 2004 is when this came out that's why i was surprised to see it was 2010 is when things took place Mm. but uh, this is 2004 so the fast and the furious was 2001 i believe okay so they're the same this is in the era right this is fast and furious era this is like paris's or french paris's this is like this is like the french fast and furious almost except with less or no street races and more parkour yeah dude the 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 actors or stunt doubles or whoever was doing the parkour. I think it was the actors. That's why their acting wasn't so great. Absolutely <laughs> insane, dude. Because the action in this was solid. I say, yeah, they had really good fight sequences. The choreography was fun. Uh, I loved how the actors like used the environments like to their advantage in the scenes. So whether it be like jumping through the tightest fucking window oh, yeah, above, above a above door and- or. You know, uh, yeah. Steve Carell, (laughs) office. Parkour. (laughs) Um, I mean, it seemed like a movie that's been done before. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have like these long expositions in the beginning to kind of show your two main title characters. Like I think of like a Hobbs and Shaw type. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's got that villain and cop team up to take down yeah, that guy, and save pairing. his sister, and save the whole district from the bomb. And like, it's it's a pretty tried and true uh, formula, I would say. But it worked but, well. But they put a you know, it had its own flash, right? It had its own style. 
I say I liked how they introduced the characters. Like I know it's been done before. How you know you okay? We're gonna show you this character and all of his badass skill set, and then we're gonna show you the other character and their badass skill set. Mm-hmm. Now, as we're going into Act I mean, it's Two, it's a formula because it works. They right? have I mean. to. They have to team up now. They have to be. They have to stop bad guy and bomb. And they don't trust each other, so they go through a whole bunch of series of shit where they're like, I don't, I don't trust you, so I'm going to do this, and you're going to do that, and, and at some whatever, point, and then it blows up, and then they have to join forces, and then, of course, the climax at the end is, you have to trust me. No, I'm the cop. I have to save the world. I do things by the book, yeah, not the streets. No, you, you think about it from our perspective. No, I'm going to fight, and then they two, two of them fight, and then... Boom, it turns out the bad guys were the politicians all along. What do you know? Oh, got them. <laughs> Seems pretty standard. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight. I mean, this movie No less enjoyable. This movie is easy to find the flaws in if you if oh, you yeah. really want to. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's goofy over the top. Like some of the some of the choreography, like it was all good. The action scenes were like fun and good, but there's some really goofy shit like the the beginning when he's in the jail cell after he gives after the the cops in the district give his sister to the bad guy yep and he fucking pulls a cop through and like runs up and jumps and fucking stomps his head off or yeah whatever. Like, <laughs> i like, thought I mean, that was fun that was i did too but like it's you know it's yeah. kind of goofy i thought I, I I enjoyed all of the fight sequences from kind of that being one of the first ones to the very end when they're fighting that giant ass fucking Thor looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the immediate, like the first shot of the fight is that dude's running up and he goes to drop kick him and then just fucking falls to just show you what a tank like this guy is because he doesn't <laughs> even move. He just like hits a brick wall yeah. and just drops. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. No, it was fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I mean, if you like cars, action, uh, yeah, slums, and ghettos, yeah. <laughs> if you like crazy action, that's your movie. It was, it was, good, it was a good time. It was an enjoyable ride. Honestly, uh, you might want to start pulling more movies from that 90-minute action oh, list. Oh, buddy, I went through that list and I added to our list, so... <laughs> We have we have a new uh, <laughs> we have a new source for for ninety minute action movies. Sick. We got a few on there. Most of them we've seen, unfortunately. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> but uh, but we may be seeing some of them soon. But uh, this one, one out of one for me. I gave it a one as well. District B thirteen, well done. Glad you're still around. Yeah, could have gotten obliterated, <laughs> blown the <laughs> laid <fuck> out up. <laughs> uh, all right, well, Sunday, uh, we typically kind of conclude with a theater movie, but due to just Being life, a week. Yeah. <laughs> Being a hell of a week. We decided to go a different route and to pick a iconic actor with an iconic film, and we have Charlie Chaplin's The Circus. So the tramp finds work in the girl of his dreams at a circus. That's all she there wrote. There it is. All right, so to start, I have seen a few Charlie Chaplin films. They're all fantastic. But I think this one might be my new favorite. This was great. Um, I was laughing my ass off the entire movie. Like, he... Charlie Chaplin's a comedic genius. Oh, seriously? He is just... He's so funny. Just the way he presents himself and the situations, it's... Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is where I repeat from the beginning, callback... How far we've fallen, <laughs> because I feel like it's it's incredible what humor can be achieved without dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like nowadays physical humor is Paul Blart Mall Cop, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just so. Uh, and this is so calculated and perfect and the, the comedic timing of everything and all of the, like, not just physical humor, but because there's no, you know, dialogue, it's all expressions. Mm-hmm. And it, how how expressive can one man be? He's very expressive. He's, oh, man. And I, I, I just want to, like walked with like a fucking know. you know the penguin shoes, walk man. And... i want the pants and the shoes yeah and <laughs> just, just walk uh... around town suspended pants and shoes uh, 
<laughs> yeah, the story was excellent. The humor was spot on. Uh, I love the set design and the practical effects in, in these movies. And honestly, kind of speaking of the practical effects and set design, like a few shots kind of came to mind that I wanted to do more research on. And my first one was the lion cage Mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, so in some of his other films, they'll actually like use kind of the depth of a scene to make it seem as though like things are like a big room, the small room, whatever. Yeah, I was expecting like there was two different cages, right? And then if you angled your camera in a certain way, you could make it seem as though they were just one single cage. Yeah. But no, uh, he filmed roughly 200 shots in the cage with the lion. (laughs) <laughs> some of which where the lion was whiskers away from his own face. So I mean, this, this is a quote unquote trained circus lion though, right? Yeah. But also <laughs> I like, mean, I, this I man mean... put his life on the line for, <laughs> yeah, for humor enough, and film. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, he, he is an icon for a reason because he really kind of blew up the silent film era. Like he was the, he was the name. He was the guy you, you saw Charlie Chaplin films and this is one of the reasons why. Uh, but other things, uh, I was thinking of like the the tightrope scenes. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I thought your first one was gonna be. Because uh, yeah, that that the uh, especially his scene where he's on the harness mm-hmm. and all of that stuff going on, like that was all great. And how that you know detaching whatever, it'd be interested to see how that was all done. But I think they said he also had to film. They had to film a couple hundred scenes for the tightrope scene as well. Uh, really. Just because it it was he was doing those stunts, like when the monkeys are coming out and like biting his nose and shit, like that's all <laughs> real. Monkeys biting like, his that's nose. monkeys biting his nose Fuck. while he's on a tightrope, <laughs> while he's like, you know, he's he's performing. Yeah. Uh, but the crazy thing about this movie is kind of just like how shitty the production like phase of this movie was for Charlie Chaplin. So I was reading a few articles really? on this, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, this the production of this movie took almost two years to complete. Wow. Uh, and a lot of it came down to a bunch of just unfortunate situations. Like number one, I think Charlie Chaplin was going through a divorce at the time. Mm. So he was dealing with his own life issues. Um, I think uh, it also mentioned in the article. So Ch- Charlie Chaplin also suffered like a mental breakdown in the process of this film, which caused his hair to turn white. Uh, so he oh, had wow. to like go through a bunch of, you know, kind of hair and makeup, whatever to get him looking back. Like it was, I think the set caught on fire at some point and like burned down the entire set. So they had to redo it. The circus tents, uh, the weather was affecting all of that and like mm. blowing that shit away and like they weren't able to keep it, you know, grounded. And I mean, it was just like one thing one after thing, another yeah. after another. And it was just Damn. A, a terrible production to try to do. But then they incorporated some of that like into the actual movie of just like this guy's down on his luck. And, you know, he fumbles over everything, which is where the oh, humor that comes not, from. Was and, that not originally like... I mean, I, I'm movie? sure some of it was, but I think they, yeah, yeah, they I expanded you. on it a little bit of just like, sure. all right, let's just play on this. Let's just make him a klutz in every situation. Like mm-hmm. everything that could go wrong goes wrong. And mm-hmm. that's why it's funny to everybody at the circus. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when he, when he tries, when they're like, be funny. <laughs> you can't, you can't make anyone laugh. But when he's unaware, I don't know. This was, um, it's a, it's a, Fucking classic, right? I mean, yeah, uh, 1928. It wasn't it called the Academy Awards back then, but he essentially received an Oscar for this for this mm. movie, and it wasn't like I said, I it wasn't hope so. It wasn't necessarily called that. Yeah, but that, it wasn't at the it time. Wasn't an Oscar period, it was a Winston or something, whatever it was. <laughs> the Charlie Chaplin Award goes to Charlie Chaplin. Oh man, well, uh, I was just reading. Okay, so it was over 700 takes to do the tightrope 700 takes yeah um and that was i think partially because like i said the fire happened but that burned some of their footage i think too so he had to recreate stuff yeah and then obviously like being bitten on the nose by monkeys can't feel good i mean that's a better reason to have to do reshoots than bringing in a new director (laughs) 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 yeah they actually dealt with we haven't talked about that in a long time (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like we haven't shit on <laughs> our, our usual who we used to. We've seen so many movies. Sometimes we need to take a step back and go back to our roots. Back to our roots. <laughs> Fucking Joss Whedon. <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> Or even uh, the new Fast and the Furious, they <laughs> fucking strapped their director after like the tenth installment because of working with Vin Diesel. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Find someone else. Motherfucker can't get punched. <laughs> he can't get punched, and every other line has to have the word family in it now. This is number ten, right? This is big. He only knows ten words, so we have to make sure family is <laughs> family. Family. <laughs> there's, there's our roots. <laughs> back we to family. We that. Well, I can thank all of that to the circus, <laughs> getting us back to our roots. Thank you, the circus. You were a joy, and you <laughs> you brought joy back into our miserable lives. Uh, one out uh, of one. Absolute one out of one, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, this is a pretty good week. Fucking one and one, one and one, one and one, one and one, one and one. We only got a uh, card counter. You gave a zero. We almost had a perfect week this week. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, not that like, I, I think it needs to be changed or anything, but like of all movies, card counter to, to have the zero to prevent the perfect week. Like this had to be a pretty solid week mm. if, cause card counter wasn't a bad movie. Maybe we've it's just, seen much worse. Maybe it's just the... <laughs> Average of an hour and a half run times really got us this week. (laughs) We love short movies. We love 90-minute movies. (laughs) Uh, Well, it was a fun week. And uh, I look forward to my Alfred Hitchcock and David Cronenberg movie picks next week. (laughs) I'm looking at the list to be like, is he actually? I I don't have a Cronenberg. I do have a Hitchcock. Uh, I don't have a Cronenberg. I could swap it out if you're ready. (laughs) I'll give you more time. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, as always, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram at NNM Podcast uh, to see our movies of the week or to message us if you have any recommendations for kids. I don't know if we answer those or not. I try to get back to some of them, but obviously, you know. Uh, You can see Mitch puts a lot of effort into our our movie collages and things. Oh, it sounds so good. Anyway, (laughs) I'm hungry, so we're gonna go. We appreciate you tuning in. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Seriously, though. <laughs> Caught me off guard. <coughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't stop it.